For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to Digital Bridge, Pittsburgh's Industry 4.0 podcast, standing at the confluence of manufacturing and technology, featuring Jonathan Kirsting of the Pittsburgh Technology Council and yours truly, Matt Holges of Catalyst Connection. So, Matt, always fun hanging out with you here on the Digital Bridge. I can say the same, Jonathan. It's, yes. it's fun hanging out with you. Yeah. But um, not because you're such a great person, well, which you I, are, but because I, I get a, an opportunity to bring in some pretty cool people. You do. Absolutely, yeah. man. We've been building a really cool series here. And each time we keep moving the bar a little more and, and kind of steering our conversation into new areas. So who well, do you have lined up for us We keep raising today, the bar. I think we just put our new guest oh, on, yeah. the, on the spot. He's no pressure at all no for this guy, all, right? <laughs> so, Jonathan, I brought uh, yeah. Johnson Tavi <clears throat> from um, – from Simwell here today okay, to talk about all things uh, digital twin and simulation. Right. Because, you know, at one time I thought digital twin was when you could actually find an avatar that looked like you. That's, <laughs> oh, not, that's not what it is. No, oh, I not. was hoping that I could finally get my avatar, you know, going. Yeah, so let me, uh, let me introduce John. And John, why don't you yes. tell us a little bit about Simwell and what your company does and what you do for them. Yeah, sure. So Simwell is a uh, consulting company that uh, our core is based on, around industrial engineering and and simulation. Um, so we've been, you know, simulation has been around for for a long time, and, and our team has been working at it for twenty or thirty years. Uh, and digital twin is a is kind of a new uh, term that is is very related to what we've we've done and done in the past, and it's just a new way to apply the technology and and some of the new uh, software that's coming out is allowing us to to do a lot more and integrate it with new systems and, and real-time data that allows us to build these digital twin models. So, so that real-time data, that, that's the, the hook there, right? Because that's the big difference between um, a digital simulation and, and a digital twin, right? Like the digital twin uses actual information and data from your current systems. Yeah, exactly. That's the, uh, from a, I guess, a definition standpoint, like the simulation models are typically um, using past data and um, Digital twins are using real-time data. When I approach it from a or look at it from a, a business perspective, I think simulation is often more of a strategic tool, and digital twin is more of an operational tool. Right, because you're actually it's happening at the time, so you can see what's going on, and then make adjustments and course correct as you go. Exactly. Yep. Very cool. So you get to have a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's neat. We get to apply this in so many different industries. I was going to say, uh, you know, for manufacturing, supply chain, warehouses. Uh, you know, government, defense. Is there a typical uh, size customer that, that, that tends to kind of roll into this where this starts to really make sense for what they're doing and helps take it to the next level? We, a, a large majority, I guess, of our, our work is with bigger organizations. Right. But we've worked with small, okay. you know, three or four shop retail companies as well or, right. um, you know, smaller manufacturing companies. So it, uh, it, it 
really can vary, but certainly me, a core yeah, is on me, the, 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 the real magic happens at the smaller level because you're seeing these powerful tools that the big guys are using, but those tools can now be used by the small guys and they can get some really good competitive advantage. So that must be really exciting if you're working with a small company, giving them some powerful tools and you're seeing some really great results and that's just making that company bigger and better, selling more product, making better product. Like that's just got to be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. And cost savings too, right? Right. Because I mean, you, you think about a manufacturer that may be considering um, investing in new equipment. Like if I'm going to meet this this on time demand, I'm going to need to invest another five hundred thousand dollars in another CNC machine just to keep up, right? But maybe by leveraging digital twin or a simulation, I can see exactly really what my process is, maybe, and maybe adjust my process to meet that without making that investment, or actually determining really where we can go if we did purchase this new equipment, what kind of output we could have, right? And that, you see a lot of that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, a lot of times the benefit that our customers see is that um, through the work we do, you know, they might come and say, hey, we've got to increase our throughput. You know, we've got to get more out. We've doubled our production or something like that. And we need, we think we need to buy this machine. And we might be able to show them, hey, if you just change your layout or change the way you schedule things or do make some little minor tweaks here, and I think you'll be able to hit that those goals without making the yeah, big investment. Big capital investment, right? Yeah, exactly. Or if you're going to make the investment, what is the right investment? Because if you just throw if you throw a tool into a bad pro- or a machine into a bad process, that's not necessarily going to give you the output that you want. Or it just makes it more expensive at that point. Exactly. And so, what good is that? Yeah, exactly. So, like in, in software, you would see companies they would call it a sandbox. They wanted a sandbox to play in to see that you know they can do something right, on the right, side right. without disrupting their current manufacturing process. And yeah. that's really what Digital Twin and as well as simulation can provide. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to that effect, so that's that, and that's a lot of what we've done in the past. Some of the really neat projects or fun projects we're doing now are um, going more into that sandbox for you know AI or artificial intelligence. So ah, cool. we're, lot, we're able to let's nerd in. out on that. That yeah. sounds like fun. Tell us more. Tell uh, us more. So it's it's we're able to build essentially a sandbox to train AI and to um, run run the processes in the. Um, simulation model. So we're able to give, you know, if, if a, a real world system might not have enough data, it might take too long to get the data or, or you know, a lot of different reasons why you do this, but we can run those and build that sandbox for the AI model or train. So that's another really neat application that we've been working on with, with some robotic companies. And, and then try, taking that, and you, you talked about how it's fun to work in the small businesses because it has a bit more value. And, you know, some of our, we've worked with smaller robotics companies that are implementing their solutions into, you know, large warehouses with, you know, with big retailers or what, what have you. And so we're able to show, to show how their technology fits into that warehouse or has, has an ROI inside of that warehouse and prove out that it, it's actually a good investment for the bigger company. So it's a really cool uh, kind of process or partnership to work together and do those, those types of, that type of work. And if I'm, you know, you're a small manufacturer that might not have a lot of data in your system, but you do have access to data, right? Because there are things like timing studies and things like that that you can be mapping out as well as process diagrams, things that you can be pulling together to kind of put that into the system, right? So you can determine, all right, I'm not really connected as a shop floor, but I know that when widget A goes through these five different aspects of our manufacturing process, it takes about this amount of time at each step and kind of putting all that information in to kind of see what would happen if we change some things around, right? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So um, I guess the the uh, polar side of that, or the, 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 if you go really far to the left of that, um, some of the work we do is greenfield. So a completely new facility, maybe they haven't even 
poured the foundation yet, and we will build a simulation model off of it. And obviously, there's no data or and in there. There's it's no a complete, way to do It's a that. blank canvas at that point, exactly. Right? Yeah. So um, there's always ways to do that, and to, you know whether we're we're working with process experts, we're working with the OEMs to understand you know how they expect their machines to work, and you know there's always ways to figure that out. Uh, so we can do it from a greenfield, and certainly we can do it with a small manufacturer as well if they don't have all of that data or they're trying to figure it out. Um, you know, there's always ways to get that data or get the right right stuff to make make cool decisions. So if you're talking to a manufacturer and they're expressing an interest in something like this or the, the services that you can bring to the table, what are some of the um, key tips that they should take into consideration before they would engage somebody in, in either digital twin or simulation? What are the things that they should be doing in-house to prepare themselves? Sure. Um, so the the you know, we we always recommend if it's a, a good time to apply simulation if um, the problem that you're trying to solve is expensive, if it has a lot of variability, and it has a lot of um, it has system interactions, right? So if if it's not a simple two-step process or something yeah. like that. You need to have lots of complexity so you can test them out in different different scenarios and situations to really see what you're going to get. Exactly. Yeah. So so if it's not if if those th- three things aren't true, it might be mean that Excel is a better tool, or there you know there's other tools out there that might be a good fit. Uh, so those are kind of three three key things, which is um, you know, the the system interactions, the uh, variability, and then you know having a, a pretty expensive problem to solve. Uh, and then when you're preparing for it, you know just having an under I guess the big things are having an understanding of what your main objective is. Is it trying to cut costs or understand what a layout should be or or justify, you know, if, whether you need to buy some equipment or something like that. Uh, so what is your objective? And then uh, it's helpful. We work through people with these types of things too, but understanding what questions or, or what scenario, you mentioned scenarios, what scenarios do you want to run and what do you want to test and understand? So really what we're able to do is, is build a, a simulation or a digital twin of the process and then test, you know, scenario A, B, C, D, and E exactly. and understand are your you know, what are your costs in each scenario? What is your actual throughput in each scenario? And then you can just make a business decision of what the best option is. Uh, so if you understand what those scenarios, so we build the model to those scenarios. So it's important to understand those up front. Very and, cool. and the actual yeah. end model, I mean, that can really vary as to what it looks like too, right? I mean, because it could be a three-dimensional actual model of their current floor and showing the actual manufacturing process as it goes through down to just mathematical figures. But um, what... How is that leverage? I mean, how can you leverage that kind of impact or that imagery to kind of drive some of the story behind uh, the importance of digital twin? Sure. So the uh, in a lot of ways, the animation – I have to be careful how I say this. True, <laughs> Sorry. No, true, you don't. True, we can edit that out if it's too far. <laughs> true – or engineers obviously – believe that the well, the data is the most important thing. I shouldn't say they believe that it's the most important thing. And a lot of engineers don't really care about the animations. They might make it very basic to understand how things are working, but sometimes they don't even want to build animation. Um, but the value of it is in the community. It's a commu- it becomes a communication tool, and it allows yeah, you to have that, Yeah, you, you can actually take it to someone who's not an engineer, and they can start seeing benefits of something. Exactly. People and, on the floor, that, that's going to impact right. their job. They can see how it can make their job easier. Right. Yep. People on the floor and people in the in the C suite. So you can go and say, "Hey, this is, uh, you know, this is, here's a 3D animation on, on our CAD drawing. This is exactly what our process looks like. You know, we're going to make this investment 
and this is what it's going to look like in the future, and, and this is what we're going to get out of it. So it makes you know, showing the business case and, and showing it that ROI extremely easy. It just seems like the most obvious thing to do if you're going to be making any kind of an investment. Why would you not test it out ahead of time? So it's almost like you just have to do this. It seems like as future moves on, you're, people are going to have to do It's just no choice. It's yeah, what you do. The, one of the, our other MEPs in the Commonwealth said that the, there was a company that, that spent about fifty to $60,000 on um, basically a digital twin process. And in doing so, they were able to save more than a half a million dollars in equipment right. purchase, let alone what kind of disruption that would have made oh, to their yeah. manufacturing Yeah, you process can't even calculate what, yeah, what would exactly. happen. Yeah. So that, that investment allowed them not only to save uh, from investing in new equipment, but it also allowed them to kind of tweak their process and well, make you probably discover new things along the way, right? I mean, because you kind of go into it with some ideas what you think is going to happen. But when you actually get to test the data and, and build models and run it through how it would actually work in the real world, you probably discover things that you're like, whoa, I didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah. And that's a good thing we tested that. Or yeah. like, wow, here's a new a whole other business opportunity could come out of something, I would assume, right? Absolutely. And you actually, you learn stuff way before that. So from our first conversation with, with people, um, we'll start asking questions about the process. You know, often it would be with, you know, a manager or somebody that might be more of a decision maker and they expect the process to work like this. And then, you know, then we bring in a full plant manager or somebody else and, and, or a floor person or whatever. And, and they say, Oh no, we do this. Right. So then you, they start learning like, oh, the process doesn't work the way we expected. And, and they so they learn from the very beginning about the process and things they never thought about before. And then, yeah. And then you when you start running you models the modeling and doing all of, right. this stuff. Like yeah, it's, I didn't even a, think about the front end part of that whole yeah. thing is going to bring things to the surface much less than you go to start modeling. And yeah, then all of a sudden you're looking at things totally differently than when you first started the project. I bet. You could have standard work documentation as to how you're supposed to be doing things. But over the years individuals or process owners have found workarounds to kind of meet the demand and that's not captured exactly exactly yeah and and, you know one of the big challenges with manufacturers is the loss of institutional knowledge and this is a good tool for capturing that from a process standpoint um, and and making sure you understand what that is and defining it very cool Uh, and then so when you do one of these digital twins as a manufacturer, I, I would have access to this, right? It usually sits in the cloud somewhere or you, you would sit on my servers and I could go back in. And after we make an, uh, an assessment as to whether or not we should invest in equipment, we decide not to. But I can always go back and access this digital twin once it was built and just start tweaking and moving things around. To see like I have an idea about yeah. something. Or, or a new customer or that's now right. requiring something that, that may do something to your schedule. And this digital twin can, can, can provide some insights into that process as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, a lot of times we kind of look at at this in multiple phases. So there's the there may be a strategic phase where we decide whether you buy some new equipment, but then the model is already there of the process. So then you can start tweaking things and understanding. Well, what if we um, you know change shifts or add some more resources? Or you know, we have a our top customer wants to get an order out this week. What happens if we put that in between everything else that's scheduled? You know, are we going to actually be able to meet that? Oh, you can actually order? model different different work capacities and flows and yep. everything like that and how that's going to impact your operations. Yep. We could have, like, a lot of fun sitting yeah. around there, like, manipulating. Yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. Like that old lemonade stand uh, game that you would have. Like, <laughs> if I move this or exactly. I buy this much lemon. Uh, I bought some limes yeah, by accident. Exactly. Sorry, you now have a lime stand. Uh, <laughs> so one of, one of my favorite projects that we did uh, quite a while ago um, was for a – it was the largest pig – producer in the United States, a billion-dollar company. Um, and they I can't remember how many 
pigs they had, but it was you know it was unbelievable. Many scale. pigs, yeah, it was unbelievable <laughs> scale. Um, and so they obviously didn't have one farm; they had hundreds of farms across the United States. And and when you look at it from a manufacturing perspective, like these, they're they're different sizes, they're different weights, they're used for different things, and um, there's it's a super complex process for that. And and then when you look at the farms, if certain farms could only handle certain w- pigs of certain weight and then they might have to move to another farm and then additional complexity is each farm had different costs per square foot or cost per weight or all these different things so we use this as a strategic tool or we used simulation from a strategic standpoint to decide how they manage the regions across the united states wow, and then we turned that into a digital twin of their process so we started feeding after that was done and we made this decision from a regional perspective, we started feeding in live data so that they could make decisions on, you know, for this week, we need to, you know, we need to move some pigs around. Like, how do we do that in an optimal way? Wow. So, All that to get bacon. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Did That's you, so, you yeah. oink that deal? <laughs> oh, good. I'll pretend it didn't hear <laughs> In the past, they had they'd used Excel spreadsheets and some other methods, wow. and it would take them. Oh, they'd literally forever. get a team of eight people yeah. for, for weeks trying to figure out how to make certain decisions in the process, and this would take minutes to run. That's so really cool stuff. shows you the power of it. And then yep. to take that and be, you can bring it down to a small scale as well and have just as equally important and impressive results. And you walk through a manufacturer today. Um, small to medium-sized manufacturers are, are living by Excel. Not that Excel is a bad thing, but I think it's that it doesn't give you the insights that you can It's called modern leverage. times yeah. now. Yeah, there's other, other technologies, and I think you've shown that to us today. So if people want to learn more about, about SimWell, where can they go and check you guys out? Um, simwell.io. .io. Yep. Great stuff. You get to have way too much fun, man. <laughs> I want to, like, do some simulations. I think our podcast needs a digital twin. Well, like I said, it's not an avatar that looks like you, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> if only it did, Matt. If only yeah. it did. Great Thanks job. For, yeah, good stuff, man. Thanks for hanging out with Thanks. us. Thanks. Thank you, guys. You are listening to Catalyst Connections Digital Bridge, Pittsburgh's Industry 4.0 podcast. Learn more about Catalyst Connection by going to Catalyst Connection. Org. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.